You are listening to the Gold Street Garden Church Podcast with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Dr. Dominic Butler. We're so excited to have you join us for another uh, video podcast. We got exciting news. If you haven't been keeping up with uh, Facebook and Instagram and all social media platforms, we have our building locked in and we're going to be renting out a facility down in Clearwater right in the right in the center of it all down in uh, off Drew Street. And we're right next to the Philly Stadium. So we have like a huge parking lot to work with and stuff. It's going to be amazing. We're starting services in January, the first Tuesday of the new year. And it actually happens to be on the 7th. And 7 is a huge biblical number. It means perfection. And even God, he rested on the seventh day, showing that like rest is the most important part of our lives. And we really believe that we're entering into his rest and being able to go down there and start hosting these meetings. So please do whatever you can to be there that night. We are believing for a Holy Ghost explosion that night. It's going to be phenomenal. And we, we're really believing for you know, just to kind of get right into it, we're really believing for great things to happen in the city of Clearwater. We're believing that crime rate is going to be the lowest it's ever been. We're going to we're believing that hospitals are going to have their lowest attendance. We're believing for signs, wonders, and miracles to just infiltrate Clearwater in a way that has never been seen before. And it's not because of anything about us. It's all because we're just going to let God be God in that in that city and allow. We're going to learn to continue to host his presence in such a way. So with that being said, I had it on my heart to teach on seeking him as we enter into this new season. And just also just for your daily daily lives, it's been so in my heart to teach others and ultimately get it more in my heart that we can find God in every moment of every day. So like no matter where we're at, whether we're brushing our teeth, whether we're tying our shoes, whatever we're doing, we're, we're, we're trying to find God. And I remember a, a good friend of mine uh, that when he first got saved and got radically transformed, I remember that we had a conversation one day after a service that I was ministering at, and he came up to me and he's like, he's like, Dom, when I, when I tie my shoes in the morning, I just, I ask I asked God, can you help me to tie my shoes better? Like, and it sounds so elementary and so, but that like touched my heart because it's just when somebody finds out who God is, they realize that with God, everything's better. With, with Jesus, everything's better. With knowing the Holy Ghost, everything's better. And if we could learn to incorporate him and involve him in every detail of our life, we can learn that we can hear his voice in every moment of every life in everyday life. So that's what I want to talk about. So we're going to be doing this uh, series this month on seeking him. And I have some notes and I have some things, but ultimately we're going to let the Holy Ghost minister. I have notes, but I've learned over the years that my notes are usually more for me. And then I just let the Holy Ghost say what he needs to say through the word. And I usually only get to like one thing I really want to say. And the Holy Ghost says what he needs to say, because what he has to say is way more important than my intellectual uh, know-how. I want to let him say what he needs to say. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that I'm not the teacher, but the Holy Ghost is the teacher. And that I just thank you that my 
my tongue is the pen of a ready writer, ready to write on the tablets of people's hearts so people can know Jesus in a greater way. Holy Spirit, you have your way this moment. There's no distance in the Spirit. I thank you that people that are watching and tuning in right now can uh, sense and experience your tangible presence and that we're not just going over some principle on how to do something better, but we're, we're literally uh, engulfing in a greater relationship with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So excited. So I want to just jump right into this. So Psalm 14 is a is a catalyst scripture that I really want to bring up. I might bring it up in every one, but definitely today. And uh, in Psalm 14, it starts out like this. I, I really only want to read the first two verses. And the first verse is a familiar verse. You probably heard this before. And if not, it's, it can be a little sobering, but it says, the fool, yes, pity the fool, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, that's that's not, I'm not saying that, not somebody else. This is the word of God saying the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And then it says they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who has done good. Now, the thing about this, it's so important that because the next verse is where we're going to get, but the fact that the fool has said in his heart that there is no God, what that goes to say is that the Bible says also be still and know that I am God in Psalm 46.10, which means that with all the distractions in life, that there's so much going on that sometimes, you know, even when people try to say how evolution came about or how the Big Bang Theory and all these different things, and they try to um, denounce that there is a God, they say, well, it all started with a little particle. But the question is, where did that little particle come from? Where did these things come from? And if people think that they're just... Uh, a monkey that's evolved or just a tadpole that's evolved. That's why they live the way they do. They live like they're a monkey or they live like they're a tadpole. They have no sense of purpose. They're trying to figure it out. But when you just realize that the, the air that you breathe is a gift from God, the life that you live is a gift, and all of a sudden it changes your heart perspective on everything you do in life. And the fool has said in his heart that there is no God because what happens is when you make a decision that there is no God, you make a decision that there's no purpose to life. That you indirectly saying that there's no God, that's why you become a fool because when you say there's no God, you say there's no purpose. And you say the purpose that there is is just what you can try to come up with in your head. And I, I heard a statement a long time ago that a God that's small enough to fit in your head isn't big enough to be your God. And you'd want to talk about a sobering statement. Well, how many people are trying to figure God out instead of allowing God to transform their thought life? Because sometimes... It's so many, so many people are like, well, if I was God, I would do it this way. Or if I was God, well, you got to be very watchful when you say that, because we, there's things that we are, our understanding, like even a person, when you're in a room with three other individuals, each person has a different perspective on life, but God is the common ground that we all come from him. He started everything. So the foolish said in his heart, there is no God. But the next verse says this, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. And in some verses it says, in some translations it says, he looks to see if there's anybody who's wise, who seeks God. So the definition of wisdom is those that seek God. And it's so amazing because it says that God is literally looking to see if there's anybody that's seeking him. And it's, it's such a beautiful picture because every day when you get up, God is just waiting for a moment where you say, God, I'm after you. 
I'm after you this morning. That yes, I have errands to run. I have a job. I have a family. But Lord, I'm going to seek you in everything I do today. That when I talk to my family, I'm seeking you in conversation. When I go to work, I'm seeking you. I'm doing it unto you. And when you do that, the voice of God becomes so amplified in your life that you become a literal um, agent of heaven on this earth. And it's so important that we understand that every moment is an opportunity to know him more. Every moment is an opportunity to know him more. What you do with every second of every day determines where you're, where you are with God. And uh, recently I, I said this and it was, uh, the Lord gave me this quote recently and it really ministered to my heart that spiritual maturity is not determined by the duration of time. It's determined by the investment of time. That it's not how long you've known God, it's how much time have you invested in knowing him. And how do we invest in knowing him? We invest in knowing him by uh, going, getting alone with, with him in the secret place, which could be a room in your house. It could be uh, in your car with your, uh, when you're driving down the road, obviously with your eyes open for the safety of everybody. But it's the fact that it's just a place where you can just be with God. And right now I could go to my secret place with you. I could close my eyes. I could tell you to close your eyes and it could be just you and God. And you could even tune my voice out because God's given us the ability to do that. But God is looking for those that seek him. And even in Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says that the Lord looks to and fro throughout the earth looking for those those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And when we're seeking God, the biggest thing about seeking God, and you know, we went through this with a, a, a former podcast we did with experiencing, expressing, exalting Jesus, is the fact that the motives of your heart are the most important thing when you seek God. That there's so many qualifiers. I did a sermon a long time ago called All of Your Heart. And did you know how many times the Bible says that, remember, even the greatest commandment, love the Lord God with all of your heart. It doesn't say some of your heart. It doesn't say half of your heart. It doesn't say a part of your heart. It says all of your heart. Even in Jeremiah 29, uh, 13, it says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek for seek me with all of your heart. There's a qualifier that it has to be all of your heart. And, and sometimes that can seem intimidating, but did you know that in one moment, I can give all of my heart, that I can be with my wife at nighttime and I can physically be with her in a room, but all of my heart is not engaged with her. I could be on my phone. I could be um, going over some notes. I could be doing things and I can physically be with her, but not be with her with all of my heart. But when I look at her in the eyes and I just I, I make eye contact with her and I hear every word that she's saying, all of my heart is involved in that moment. And if we could train ourselves to be involved with all of our heart in moments with God, what a great justice that would do to our lives and to all those around us. And that's what God's asking. He's asking, can we, can we, can we do things? In Matthew 6, 33, it says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Did you notice that Jesus didn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then seek other things? It doesn't even say that. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then he will take care of the rest. He doesn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then seek the rest. God actually says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, period. Don't go and seek other things. And, but you'll hear 
sometimes you'll hear people say, seek first, I seek God first, and then I seek these and see. No, you seek, it's not, it's not God, then everything else. It's God and then God in everything else. Huge difference. And when you can make your life that way, you're going to love your family the way that you you should because you're not going to love your family on your own strength. You're going to love your family with God as your focal point. I love my family and God is helping me love my family. I, I'm going to go do my job, but I'm going to do it unto the Lord. I'm not working for my boss. I'm working for the, the King of Kings. And as I work for the King of Kings, guess what? You're going to get promoted because you're not working because you want your boss to see you do a good job. You're working because Jesus died on a cross and rose from the grave. And now you have a job that you can provide for your family. And then you're not, you're going to get promoted because because you're doing it with such excellence, because you're not doing it for any other reason besides God is good. And that's such a phenomenal way to live your life. So with that being said, we're going, isn't this good? I'm getting excited already. I'm going to probably jump out of this chair. But uh, and I mean that. It's like when you when you understand God and in, in the way and you start talking about him and you start sharing with him, there should be an excitement in you. You know, it's a and I mean, I, I know we hear the example a lot, but it's so true. Like, uh, when you know, when people get excited about sports games and stuff, like when when their team scores a touchdown, you don't see somebody be like, "That was a good play," you know, "That was really that was really nice." You know, people get excited. They spill their they spill drinks. They drop things. They don't care because they want to celebrate. Well, how much more should every day be a celebration with the victory that we have? And we should be seeking Him to understand more about this victory, more about who He is. So I say that because. Even um, you hear stories in the Bible about you have uh, Zacchaeus. There's this story about this short man. It says the Bible says he's a short little man and he's a he's a tax collector. And everybody knows. I mean, I think even in today's culture, we all know when you hear the word taxes and stuff, nobody's like, yay, <laughs> like, like tax collector is somebody that you're not super excited to hang out with. That's super, especially at that time, tax collectors were known for trying to take a little bit more money than they should. And Zacchaeus hears about this man named Jesus and Jesus is healing people. He's going around and he's doing great miracles. And Zacchaeus, there's all these people flocked around Jesus. And Zacchaeus hears that this man, Jesus, is coming down the street. And you know what Zacchaeus does? Zacchaeus is like, I need to see this man. I need to see this man. So since he's short, he climbs up a tree. He climbs up a tree. A tax collector, a man that has a, a profession and a job, is climbing a tree to see a man that is a, a religious, you know, at that time, a religious person, a religious figure, um, and somebody, he's climbing a tree to see this man. And Jesus is surrounded by all these people. And then Jesus says, Zacchaeus. He knows his name. He just says, Zacchaeus. He says, come down. I want to stay at your house today. And he could have said that to anybody, but he says it to this tax collector who was climbing up a tree. And it was just because he wanted to see Jesus. And that's why I'm here to tell you that even in his limitation of being short or having all these people around and even his profession of uh, being undignified, he did whatever he could to see this man, to see this man, Jesus. And I encourage you today that whatever you have going on, that if you just take this moment right now and you say, I want to seek him, I want to I want to know this man the way that I hear you talk about him Dominic. I want to hear the way that I want to experience this when I'm here to tell you that he is no respecter of person, but he is a respecter of heart. And 
he will honor the heart that seeks him. So in this moment right now, I just want to close and just uh, close with a word of prayer and over you guys to just be able to uh, have a endurance to seek him and a hunger to seek him. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Everybody's watching this today, that they would have a deepened hunger to seek you, that in every moment today, they would find opportunity to say, Jesus, I want to see you in my workplace. Jesus, I want to see you manifested in my family. Jesus, I want to see you manifested in my, my commute today. I want to, I don't want to live my life and only find you sometimes. I want to live my life with you being the center of my affection. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as the holidays approach. We love y'all, and we're so excited for our service to launch. If you want more information on the church, goldstreetgarden.com. We we encourage people to get involved, uh, so into this vision. We're going to see great things happen. We have so many things that we're going after, and you want to get involved with this vision financially, with your time, whatever you can. We're excited as the Lord leads you. You can go to goldstreetgarden.com for more info. Love you guys. God bless.